0: episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Cuban Queen Pen. Guys, my guest, Anne, is going to share with us some of the details on couples we know, but she's going to peel back the layers behind the veil so we can see the real details of what was going on. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back with Anne. (laughs) So guys, like I was saying, I have Anne Misho and she's an author. And you know, one of the things I love is those train wreck scandalous, why they do it, you know, those things that we feel kind of guilty for looking at, but not quite so guilty because we just kind of, you know, got to look through our fingers because we know it's just like too hot to handle. Well, we're going to talk to the author of Why They Stay. So, Anne, please introduce yourself to my listeners.
1: good morning, Queen Penn. Thank you so much for um, having me on your podcast. I'm a longtime journalist, and I was covering in the realm of um losing their, or they're running into a, a scandal, as you mentioned, looking at it through your eyes, uh, uh, peeking at it through your fingers. Um, and I um, wondered about the women behind them. I, we were always sort of in the media, um, looking at them as they were props. Oh, she stands beside him, so she must forgive him and support him. And I thought, you know, these are actual human beings with histories and uh, ambitions of their own responsibilities toward their children. So I wanted to take a look at the women as people. And that's what I did with my book, uh, Why They Stay, which is uh, The the subtitle is Sex Scandals, Deals and Hidden Agendas of Eight Political Wives. And um, I looked at people such as Hillary Clinton, Melania Trump, um, Jackie Kennedy, Eleanor Roosevelt, some lesser known people like Wendy Vitter, um, Silda Spitzer, Huma Abedin and uh, Marion Stein. I think that's all of them.
0: (laughs) Well, you know the crazy part because I think the one that jumps out at us the most is Hillary Clinton because I mean let's be real the Monica Lewinsky dress has made it to a museum and I remember like the side picking that that was the crazy part was you know people everyone had their opinion and, and that was the crazy part. Well, she's crazy for staying or, you know, she's so brave. And even in the crazy part, I think that most people don't realize this, this even followed her when she ran for office. So what was one thing that you first, what, what made you start doing this and saying, you know what, I have to get the real story behind this?
1: Well, um, I was curious about Hillary, too. And I was talking with um, my agent. This was 2014. And we were saying, oh, it looks like Hillary's going to run for president. And we still have all those same questions about why she's staying with Bill um, and whether that will hurt her in the long run or help her. So I wrote a first edition of the book, came out right after the election, which obviously Hillary did not win. And then I went on a book tour and I was talking to people and they invariably would say to me, what about the Trumps? And I hadn't included them in my first edition. So I wrote, I I researched and wrote about the Trumps, interviewed people, and that's um, part of the second edition, which came out this past June, 2021. Okay, so there here, are two editions to this. One. <laughs> yes, but to your question about Hillary, um, you know, I feel like poor uh, Monica Lewinsky was such a youngster at the time, and. Um, you know, I, I feel as though we have a duty of care to younger people and that that was clearly not part of Bill Clinton's thinking. Um, and uh, I felt as though Hillary, from my research, she absolutely knew that Bill was a, a philanderer before she married him and um, took that risk. And um, I think that it didn't really matter to her as much as her um, love for him that their uh, partnership. I think they have a real meeting of the minds. So, but so that, you,
0: Okay, I have a question then. do you think she thought at this point, even though she knew he was a philanderer that she could somehow save him or even save his reputation from this.
1: I think that she expected him to grow out of it, or when he became president for him to realize that the downside risk was too too much and to just kind of, you know, I think she thought it would ease with time um, or hoped maybe it was, you know, wishful thinking. As far as I know, he's still catting around.
0: Right. Right. And, and I think the thing that, that gets me, especially with all of the ladies, it's kind of like, how can I put it? And maybe you can clarify this for me. It's almost like the man does it, but for whatever reason, the wife or the partner gets looked at as the villain, like somehow she's supposed to control what he does even Ooh. though this was done behind closed doors. Because I I, I mean, you know, we, we talk impeachment, which for those that know, there is a show call, coming out or that is out called impeachment on one of the streaming networks. But we don't we still look at it as hey, you know what, she could have done more. She could have, I mean, well, what was she supposed to like, run in the room and like zip up his pants? Like I, I'm, and, and I'm not trying to be crass, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out why we kind of, you know, vilify these women.
1: <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. And I think part of it is um, just this idea that we live in a patriarchal society, where women take on responsibility for other people erroneously, <laughs> and um, you would see this uh, mirrored in some of the wives who who I studied. Um, at one point, Silda Spitzer told a friend she was the wife of Elliot Spitzer. He was governor of New York.
0: Right, he was the governor of New York. That mm-hmm. was our first big scandal before mm-hmm. this one. <laughs>
1: And he um, had uh, been found out to be taking um, women uh, sex workers to his, where he was traveling for um, political events. And he resigned. Um, And Silda Spitzer told a friend, you know, uh, the wife is responsible for the sex. And I, you know, I I must have uh, fallen down on my responsibilities there. And um, you also find that with Huma Abedin. Had, uh, she was the wife of. Right. I was just going to say that,
0: Huma Abedin.
1: Um, Anthony was a congressman who tweeted a picture of himself in his undershorts, supposed to be sexting with one woman. And uh, apparently, he's, he sent the tweet to all of his Twitter followers, had to resign from Congress, and then ran for mayor of New York City which was, um, again, he had another sex scandal come out that he had been um, sexting with many women, but one woman, Sydney Leathers, came out and said, um, you know, he's still doing this, and uh, when he was running, and um, Huma said to someone, you know, and I think this was for a, a magazine article, she said, I wasn't, um, paying attention to Anthony well enough at the time. I had a, a new baby and I had, um, hadn't been going to marital counseling the way we were before. And I wasn't, you know, so she was sort of taking on that responsibility for his bad behavior.
0: Wow. Wow. And you know, the crazy part is, I think innately we know it, but it's even hearing you say it, it's very hard to hear it's very, very hard to hear. Wow. So it's one of the things is, I think the question I really want to ask is how, how do these women decide how to behave in public? Because I think the one thing is we always hear the stories of the PR person saying, well, you know, you need to play the dutiful wife. You need to be by his side during this. You need to, you know, but I think one, one of the craziest things is in the public eye, we've already formed our opinion. We've already formed our opinion as to whether, you know, she knew or whether she should be staying. So, How do these women say, you know what, it's worth saving my marriage? Do they, do they make it? I mean, because you've done the interviews. So Mm -hmm. do they talk to their husband and the PR people or the political, you know, the political think tank to say, you know what, we're going to show a united front first, or are their minds already made up in some cases?
1: Well I think some of it is personal consideration how do I feel can I get over this but I think a lot of it is the advice of political consultants and they are guessing at what will win over the women's vote and they think well if you stand beside him you show he's really not that bad a guy you know he I forgive him, and uh, he'd make a great president. He'd make a great mayor, Um, but I think what was really funny to me was that the political consulting advice fell on deaf ears with Melania Trump. Is um, how so right before the twenty sixteen election, she the the. Access Hollywood tape came out, which is the one where Trump said, I can, you know, grab women by the private parts. Yeah. And- <laughs>
0: yeah. Everyone remembers that. The locker room call. <laughs>
1: Right. And the political consultants were saying to Melania and Donald, you know, you should go on TV and you'll have Melania on one side and Ivanka on the other side. And just say, you know, you regret saying those things and uh, you own up and you're sorry. And, and um, sort of this image of, of these two strong women that, that women voters in the country liked um, would help turn around the uh, this, this bad publicity. And um, Melania said, nope, not doing that.
0: Wow. Wow. That see. And that's so different. That is so different because we're used to the, you know, the, 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 the wife that gets out there and says, you know, and I stand by my husband and he's just the amazing person that I married from day one. You know, they have this weird speech prepared that it's like, huh? Eh? You know, you're kind of looking at your at your television like a German shepherd. And it's kind of like, what are we doing here? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> okay. So, you know, but what, how, one of the things I really want to ask is, did you ever get to really interview the wives or did you just get to speak to people that were around them?
1: Well, I'm gonna have to cop to the second one. I I didn't speak to the wives. I tried to, um, but they turned down interviews and um, I just spoke to the people around them and knew a lot of people from having been a reporter.
0: Well, well, that is true because you did say you're a journalist, so I mean, so you know the amount the wealth of information that you have at your fingertips and the people that you know that you have at your fingertips is immense so and and you know the one thing we as women do things that we may not even tell to our partners we tell to our best friends and we may have a few so yeah there there are some confidants in there that are like oh oh you want the details on hillary oh oh, you want the details on jackie i've got it i've got it it." you know so yes I I get that (laughs) so okay question because we didn't even talk about this how long have you been a journalist like before the book how long were you a journalist
1: well many years I started when I was in my 20s um and I worked at newspapers in Massachusetts then I went to um grad school in New York I, I got a um master's at Columbia University. Then I went to take an internship at the LA Times and stayed there for five years. Um, Worked at a couple of papers in the Midwest, in Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. And then I came back to um, New York, and I worked as the political reporter for um, Crane's New York Business, which is a, a business Weekly in um, New York City, and I covered New York City and state politics, and that's when I really got to know Anthony Weiner and um, Elliot Spitzer. And now oh. I work for the Wall Street Journal. Oh, oh, okay.
0: I'm, I'm scared. You know, just wow. I, <laughs> ma'am. Okay, like. You you got me ready to like, take the crown off and sit it on the table. Okay. (laughs) That is, oh my gosh, the resume from school to, oh my, I'm floored. Thank you. I am floored. I am, you know, to all the young ladies out there that are listening, if you keep doing what you're doing, like, Wall Street Journal, the, cr- oh my gosh, I, I am, I am literally floored and you guys know I don't get lost for words very often, but Ann, thank you. I, I, I have to say, honestly, at this point, thank you for choosing to come on my podcast. <laughs> well,
1: as I was saying before, um, before you turned on the recording, um, <clears throat> I have a friend who's who makes really funny quips, and she's always got great, you know, one liners. And when Twitter came on the scene, she was like, Oh, my gosh, this is exactly my medium. And <laughs> so I said, um, I think podcasts are my medium. I just love having conversations. I like the back and forth. Right, right. So to me, I really enjoy it.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you for choosing me. I mean, like, I I am like, wait, Wall Street Journal? Like me? Really? Okay. (laughs) But oh my gosh. So with this, with this immense resume, I, I now I see why you have such a wealth of people you could talk to in doing research for this book. Now, from beginning of writing to first edition how long approximately because you said there are two editions which one which you did not include the trumps Mm
1: -hmm.
0: from beginning of writing or you know beginning of thought process to first edition how long did that take you
1: about two and a half years
0: okay and now in between the two editions what, what was there a major shift you know how long did that take you
1: That was, yeah, I think that the um, trumps were so different from the couples I had written about before. I had all these assumptions about what you could say and do in public, and they were so different. And um, so it took me a while to sort of wrap my head around them. And the two editions are four years apart. So I didn't, it wasn't that I worked on it full-time I just um, took me a while people saying you really should do this you really should do this and finally I said okay I've got it I'm done and uh, it's ready to go
0: that is awesome that is awesome I think I think you know the one thing is like you said they were different so it wasn't an easy feat to tackle and especially especially let's say mid-administration because that's really that's really like with most of your couples the administration was already over Mm -hmm. so you're talking about mid-administration trying to get things done and all the stuff just keeps popping out and of course there's twitter gate and all kinds of things going on so it's like whoa whoa and whoa I mean did there Was there any point that made you second guess doing a second edition after seeing all the stuff that kept unfolding?
1: Um, I had it, no, I think that um, the only thing that was questionable to me was whether I could add anything to the voluminous um, amount of stories and books that were coming out about the Trumps. And we ended up um, interviewing people close to them. And, um, you know, Melania said, no, I don't, I don't want to speak to you for your book. But um, so I do. I, I spoke to a woman who is a professor in Slovenia, and she talked to me about the culture there, and I also spoke to a political psychologist um, who talked about how women in the public light might make decisions. So that, to me, I felt you know we were getting somewhere in terms of being able to shed some more light on on this couple, and then you know looking at it through my lens of of how I had been. Um, examining or finding common threads with with women prior to melania so i think that was my my doubt whether i would just be one voice in the forest but i think it's it holds up pretty well now
0: one that intrigued me and i will say this is my personal thing was jackie kennedy um I think because even though we knew what we knew as a country, and I say we because, yes, guys, I definitely was not born then, (laughs) but um, it was, and, and it still is looked at as a fairy tale, you know, the Kennedys. We look at them as a fairy tale. We still don't look at him, I mean, you know, because with the others with bill clinton with elliot spitzer with anthony Weiner, there was a even with the husband even though some people may not have viewed him as quote unquote the bad guy um you know people still looked at kennedy as this knight in shining armor and you know jackie was looked at as the princess so to speak so I was intrigued to find out that you included her in this book what made you include her I mean I know what happened but what made you include her even though in the public eye there wasn't that much done that was so wrong
1: well I think for political couples um Eleanor Roosevelt, Jackie Kennedy, are sort of like this pattern, this dress pattern that that they measure themselves against in now in modern life. And and they're iconic. And Jackie was definitely um, set the pace for wives who turned a blind eye to their husbands uh, cheating. I recently read a book about Um, Lady Bird Johnson and apparently she did the same thing and I didn't include her in mine I just wasn't aware that 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 was going on. Um,
0: Right right.
1: You know she um, when her husband was killed she had two little kids and she said and and the reporters at the time were writing oh his term was he wasn't even in a full term he's not going to be that influential in American politics and um Jackie was uh, determined to make that untrue. And she actually invited a reporter, a writer to her house and said, you know, Theodore, that um our time in office was like Camelot. And um it was right, shining right. days and she began creating these myths she invited friends of of jack's to the home to tell the stories about him to their children so they would know him in a way that wasn't just you know from the newspapers or even just from her they she wanted um all right his legacy to live on in their minds and in the public imagination and she you know um there was a performing arts center going up in Washington at the time. And she um, raised money for it and had it named after her husband. And she worked on his library in Boston. And, you know, she just really threw herself into creating this legacy for them that um, I think is kind of extraordinary. Well, now that
0: you say that, do you think She is the one that made it so that the modern wives of scandals have to put a spin on the story. In other words, they have to make it so somehow their husband is remembered in such a great light, even though they weren't being the greatest of people at the time.
1: Yeah, I think that that women do this. I mean, I don't think Eleanor did it that much, Roosevelt. Um, but I do think there's, this is a fairly common theme. I was, I don't know if you've seen Hamilton, but- um, Yes. yes. <laughs>
0: who hasn't well, seen I... Hamilton? <laughs> Even if you just saw it on Disney Plus, who hasn't seen Hamilton?
1: Okay. <laughs> I went to that and then at the very end, They were talking about his wife lived, outlived him by 30, 50 years. I forget the number, but she also was pushed his his legacy for all of those years. And I just started weeping. I was like, oh my gosh, this is goes back, you know, so much further than I imagined. This is uh, anyway, it was it was something. Wow. You know what, and I have
0: to say this, gentlemen, you know something, this attests to the fact that, you know, we always talk about, and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we always talk about how, you know, women are the backbone, but she determines your story. And we always talk about women falling in love with potential. But it, just listening to these stories and just listening to the way you're telling this makes me realize that, in other words, she can, to quote the Wizard of Oz, make you into a good witch or she <laughs> can make you into a bad witch, and, you know? So it's, it's just one of those things. And it's not even necessarily because we always, well, you know, if you treat her right, but these were women that were clearly, clearly mistreated by their husbands. And they still did not want the public. They did not want their children. They did not want their husband's legacies marred by the scandals that they had. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're even telling me this goes back to Hamilton and LBJ. And it's like, whoa, 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 so gentlemen, be careful how you treat that woman <laughs> because again, she can turn you into a good witch or a bad witch. It's and it's more and it goes more than past your in-laws, it goes into the public eye. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, wow. So What can we expect? Are are we making this into a movie? Are we making this into a a
1: series? Are we looking at Netflix? Are we in talks about this? Um, I had some interest in the first edition from um, Hollywood, but it didn't go very far. And um, I just sort of want people to um, read the book and enjoy it and I want to move on and and write something else so I don't know would be nice to have a series I guess okay we're we're putting this
0: out there and you need a series (laughs) I I need I need more of the train wreck behind the train wreck where I'm looking through my eyes and reading come on you can't just leave me here
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, this is I think so. there awesome. would be a lot of interest. You know, as you said, there every every couple could think about this when they when they read these stories about how, well, how do I live on in, you know, in the eyes of my children or the public or
0: right. And and, and I think, you know, the one thing that I love is that you made it relatable. You didn't just make it about because when we think about the name, sometimes we think about the celebrity.
1: Mm.
0: we think you know and especially when you're talking about the Trumps because we here in New York know him as you know the business mogul we don't really think presidential
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we're still thinking of the celebrity but when you strip away all of that and you say you know what these women were women they had to figure out how to get up out of bed at in, in the morning they had to figure <laughs> out how to And, you know, even dealing with young children, how do I deal with my children in the middle of a scandal? How do I deal with my children when parents and the PTA are going to be talking or, you know, they may not want us on campus anymore because Mm -hmm. everyone's formed an opinion. How do I keep my family going? You know, so it definitely resonates. It definitely resonates. I, I, I love this. I love this. So, Anne, tell everyone where they can find your amazing book.
1: Oh, I'm happy to. Um, it, it's being sold everywhere you find books, um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, and also, you can visit me at my website, anmeshow.com. And that will, um, there's a contact form there. If you want to get in touch with me, you can also find links there to purchase the book and uh, sign up for my email.
0: And don't forget, she's in the Wall Street Journal, guys. She's a journalist. This is is so beautiful. This is so amazing. (laughs) So, oh my gosh. And it has been amazing having you. And again, thank you for choosing to come on my platform to talk about this. I am honored.
1: It's been a real delight. Thank you.
0: Oh, my gosh, guys, the information, the information, the information this was better than 90 day or better than an episode of scandal. Definitely check out her book. All of her information will be in the show notes. So you will not miss a thing. Thank you so much again, Anne, for coming on my show. As always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other and happy shopping What's going on ladies and gentlemen? it is your man's Mr. Dominic Cruz feature on ABC, NBC CBS Yahoo and Fox and you are listening to CQP moments with the coupon Queen Pin.